you ain't gonna get no funky from me. That's not happening. I don't hate any of his films, to be honest. Backtracking much? <laughs> so he's not really, he's a henchman, but not a henchman. He's a thinker, he's a thinkman. That's like one of the most emotional plot lines we've ever had. Most of the people are <laughs> like... Right. Do you need a moment? Congratulations, you've reached the Build a Bond podcast. My name's Stuart Morrison, and please welcome my co-host, Your Enemy is My Enemy, it's Fraser McCartney. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. You're looking uh, very smart, recording from home for once. Thank you very much. Yes, I've managed to make it home from way down south for this very special recording, which I'm very, very excited for, I must say. Yes, yeah, very excited, excited indeed. You've just arrived home. I'm going to have to shoot off just after this recording. Uh, I'm going down to Dundee for the wedding of Series 1 Build-A-Bond legend, Joe Slane. So congratulations oh, to Joe. Fantastic. Does mean, does mean, unfortunately, that I can't enjoy my customary martini because I have to drive straight after. Of course. Well, I'll just have a, I'll have a double for you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Mm, delicious. Um, fantastic. Congratulations to Joe, yeah. I believe our first build a bond wedding. Well, yeah, the first that we've been invited to anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely news. Yes, congratulations to Joe and to Kristen, Mr. and Mrs. Slane. No, do you remember the time we went to see Skyfall together at the cinema? Yes, I was just remembering that recently. It was the, the Facebook anniversary, the photos of us with, uh, we were living together at the time and a few of our other flatmates and, and group of friends all went. We all got dressed up and... Uh, where this is where you this must be where your tradition started actually because you were wearing yeah. a, a bow tie we all had suits and dresses on got a lot of funny looks in the cinema but absolutely worth it worth it yeah and and you'll know that if you do follow us on instagram and twitter i believe which is mm-hmm. at build a bond 007 of course yeah absolutely i've got loads of like good memories of going to the cinema obviously we saw no time to die together in the cinema but going back my my family my parents in particular weren't like massive kind of cinema goers like we'd go to the cinema quite a lot but with friends or like me and my brother and stuff but we wouldn't normally go to a family that often but the one time we would go it's for like a family cinema trip the one time my dad would actually agree to come to the cinema was whenever like the latest bond was released so yeah i remember going to the cinema uh, seeing all the kind of later uh, pierce Brosnan films i remember seeing die another day in the cinema and ironically looking back now i remember absolutely loving it when i saw it in the cinema yeah, I think it was the first one I ever saw in the cinema as well, I think. And I, and I loved it at the time. Even the bit, like the, the gun barrel bit at the start when they, he shoots the bullet and it comes out the screen, that was so cool. But then we were only like 10 years old, so obviously it was going to be good. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? When you're that age, like that's almost like the perfect film because it was all the cheesiness, all the like silly gadgets, all the, the, you know, the crazy stunts. So it was like a 10-year-old's kind of dream. Yeah, absolutely. But talking about No Time to Die, obviously we went together to see that as well. We did an episode from from the the, the first night of that, and I don't I don't know about you, but I, I was quite emotional going to the cinema after all this time, after all the pandemic, and you know not being able to spend you know close time with your friends and have that cinema going experience. It, it it kind of made me yeah a bit a bit emotional and a bit sort of this is this I've, I've missed this even more than I thought I had. Yeah, um, I think that's that's definitely true. And especially 
because I think last year the, the cinemas did reopen and there was a few films, but it, it wasn't like there wasn't a whole lot. And I, I don't, I don't think I even went back kind of yeah. last year, a because the films weren't really that good, and also because I was still nervous about the pandemic and stuff. But it's felt recently, last few weeks or so, like the cinemas are properly back. There, there are loads of good releases coming out. There's loads yeah. of releases already out. And the cinemas are kind of busy. People are going back. It feels like exciting to have cinema back. And exactly as you say, I, I didn't really realize how much I missed it until we went back to see No Time to Die. And since I've gone back and saw a few other films, and you can't compare it to you know sitting on your sofa watching Netflix, which is great, love that. But the cinema experience is something else. Absolutely, yeah. It's the whole cinema experience. It's the surround sound. It's the darkness. The sort of buzz of anticipation when the titles are coming up and you know, hearing people rustling their popcorn and, and all that stuff, all that all that counts towards the great movie experience. And I'm so glad that they, as frustrating as it was, I'm so glad that they waited for it to be at, at full swing before they actually released No Time to Die. But while we're here to talk about all sorts of cinema, we're specifically here to talk about James Bond. And we're here to invite a very, very special guest onto the show. And they're going to have the opportunity to build their dream James Bond movie. They're going to do that by picking who they want to play James Bond, who they want to play the co-star, the villain, who they want to direct the whole film, and then who they want to perform the theme song. As well as that, they could pick anything else they want. They could pick plot lines, extra characters, scenes, dialogue if they want, gadgets, anything, anything at all. And there are absolutely no rules. Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't listening there. What is, it? What is this? What we're doing? <laughs> So to recap, <laughs> I was still in the emotion of the cinema. I know we we were straight back to work. Didn't have time to dwell. Yeah, on the... this is good. This is a this is a good format we've got, Stuart. I congratulate you all the time on this, and and I applaud our ability to see it through. I think that's um, right. I think everyone gets one good idea in their lifetime. This was ours, and uh, you know we work hard and uh, get to enjoy interviewing some very very interesting guests, and I'm excited about this week's. And we get to ask each other some silly questions as well. We do. And the question this week is from me. And it's a little bit of a celebration of our special guest that's coming up. Okay. It's a little bit different this time. A little bit different in the sense that I don't actually know what the right answer is. So it's a little <laughs> bit of a high score kind of thing. Right. So James Bond, mm -hmm. a man of many, many talents. Very, very good at lots of things. In particular, he's quite good at sports all sorts of different sports. He seems to be able to pick them up and do them pretty well, pretty quickly. But can you name, or how many sports that James Bond has played in the movies can you name? Oh. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, running or something like that, you know. We're talking about real sports that he's played. Competitive sports. Yeah, competitive sports, things that are sort of like, you know, recognisable as a sport. I had to think about this today when I was prepping for this question i could get nine okay uh, i Jeez. don't think that's exhaustive i'm sure there's more but that's uh, the best i could do see if you can beat that fraser and if you're listening at home as well see if you can beat that as well and i'm going to be extra stringent and say i'll only accept your sport if you can tell me the film it was in okay okay yeah fine and that you way can... you can you know so you can't just name a list of sports and hope that they turned up in a <laughs> yeah okay Good. Okay, that's 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 a good one. Hopefully, our very sporty guest mm. will uh, lay down some clues for us. Although I don't believe he partakes in 
any of our guests or at any point. Let's just get them in. We love everybody that we have on the Build a Bond podcast, but this week's guest is definitely a keeper. With over 200 appearances, over almost 20 years, she is Scotland's most capped football player. Since retiring in 2017, she's been working with Scottish Rugby and has served as a pundit on the BBC. It's a great pleasure to welcome former captain of the Scottish national women's team, it's Gemma Fay. Hi there. It's a, she's a keeper. That's bad. <laughs> I like that. How many, uh, how many um, brainstorming sessions did you have with that one? I thought of it and I thought surely like someone like you must have heard that so many times before. Never, never, not, not one. <laughs> Genuinely. No many people thought I was actually a keeper, so it's, it's fine. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I was worried that you'd be so bored of that joke by now that you'd, oh, be, no. you'd hang up right now. Yeah. Oh, no, Gemma, oh, no. Gemma, we're very, very glad to have you. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited to be on it. Uh, I, I get asked to go, I won't say several because that makes me sound popular, but some podcasts and it's generally talking about sport. So it's it's actually great to not talk about sport. Oh, that's lovely. That's good to know. Um, I'll just cross out all my bits about sport. <laughs> I, mean, I, I can talk about it if you want. No, 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 no. That You know, don't, don't you to have a busman's holiday, you know? I just, I just thought the, the kind of clue was in the title, build a bond. <laughs> yeah, I went absolutely. the whole seven route now. If it's not that, then I'm winging it for the next hour. So are you, you, you've obviously agreed to come on the podcast and talk about Bond then. Is it, are you a Bond fan? Is that what intrigued you? I love Bond. It's, it's been a part of my life since I can remember my, and it's quite interesting because I didn't realise how early this one was. So it means my dad took me to the cinema when I wasn't of age to see this, but we'll kind of gloss over that. Um, the Living Daylights was the first film I can remember ever seeing at the cinema. And um, I also remember my mum had the, the soundtrack and it was on vinyl and it was Aha Who Sung It, but it was in the shape of a train. You know, when you used to get vinyls, which were not round, but they were like shapes of stuff. Oh. Um, um, and so that was the first film. And my, my parents flat when I was quite young and we used to go to my dad's and he, there was two films that he would let us watch. And that once again, I probably put my dad in it. And one was The Jerk by Steve Martin. And the other one was A View to a Kill. Oh, so we literally, as kids, knew A View to a Kill off by heart. Like, more, more power. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so Bond's always been... I, I liken Bond to, like, a, a bowl of Heinz tomato soup or, if you drink tea, I don't, but a cup of tea and hot toast on a cold day. It's like that comfort blanket that if you're not feeling great, you just kind of can sit on the sofa with a like a blanket and you can put bond on love yeah. that yeah it's, it's such like a safety thing and like a, yeah. a, com- a comfort zone yeah a drizzly sunday afternoon nothing else to do you kind of always know where you are with bond like, yeah you know he's not going to die but that's okay yeah you still you know roughly the end he's going to save the world but you, you just enjoy the, the journey it's the journey yeah yeah, yeah. it's familiar Familiar yeah. place at times and I love it as well like you mentioned you always have like we were, me and Fraser were chatting about this earlier in the intro like the family memories you have of Bond as well it's always like films you saw with your parents or your dad especially like when you're younger and stuff it's, you always have like this little connection to 
and everyone does like this matter like what age they are they always come in bond maybe it's slightly younger than they should as, as you've kind of mentioned but everyone has this kind of like it's a, a unique film franchise in that sense yeah I think if I think I'm quite got um I've got three brothers and a sister and I think out of all of them my eldest brother's probably like a little bit of a film geek like me but I think I'm probably the biggest Bond fan I mean they might listen to this probably won't but they might listen to this and like get on the whatsapp and say that's a lie but I think <laughs> I am yeah we, we we'll see you as the as the biggest Bond geek in your family that's that's all I needed to hear. We'll, we'll afford to that. Yeah. I don't see them on a Build-A-Bone podcast. <laughs> we don't want to start a family feud, but uh, if any of the, the Faye family are listening... We'll for it to be a feud, don't worry. <laughs> As you said, The Living Daylights was the first one you, you think you saw. Does that mean Timothy Dalton's got a bit of a special place for you? He does, he does. Uh, so, Living Daylights, Licence to Kill... Uh, I, I really like Timothy Dalton as Bond. Um, the other one, like Roger Moore, although completely inappropriate in today's standards for a lot of the stuff, total sleaze and as Bond in the movies. Don't know, it's just something about, you know, him as Bond. He, he took on the role as Bond in the time when, and he played it so well. Uh, probably, I don't know, slightly controversial, not a Pierce Brosnan fan. Not not a massive fan of Pierre Brosnan. I'm sorry if there's anybody in the room that is. Like I get why they chose him, but mm, nah. I think you're kind of kind of speaking my language a bit here because it's always been a bit of a secret of mine that I've not that I don't love Pierce Brosnan. All of my friends of my age love Pierce Brosnan because he's the one that we grew up with. No. But I've always had that bit of. Yeah, but he was never as good as Sean Connery. I don't think their his films were that good, and I love Bond. I just yeah. I just don't think the the Pierce Brosnan films. Maybe it was because of like it was like late nineties, early two thousand. I I don't know. Give me Doctor No's hands any day over the kind of gadgets they try to put in the Pierce Brosnan films. Just didn't love it. Yeah, is that what inspired you to become a goalkeeper? Seeing Doctor No's hands. My hands are about <laughs> as functioning as Doctor No's hands. <laughs> I'm sort of the same. I'm probably well. See, I do like Pierce Brosnan, and again, I think because of what Fraser mentioned, the fact that he was Bond when I was a kid, and that's like my first memory of it. I would say it's sort of like a guilty pleasure that I still like him and think he's a good Bond because I do look back now and realize, you know, I see the film films with a bit more of a kind of, you know, an adult and a bit more of an understanding of what makes a good film and stuff. And I, re, you know, I recognize that a lot of his films, other than maybe Goldeneye probably aren't necessarily that good but I think for me I think the films aren't good but he's still a good Bond to me you know I, I wish that he'd had better films probably is what I'm saying. Do you like Goldeneye for other things though like it had Alex Cummings in it is it Alan Cummings in it did it have yeah. Sean Bean? Yeah yeah Sean yeah. Bean. Sean Bean in it and Tina Turner sang the soundtrack so yeah. I mean if we put all those things in Pierce who? <laughs> <laughs> he does get around a bit yeah can I caveat by saying, Pierce, if you're listening, I do think you're a good actor. I just didn't like you as Bond. Starting another few this time. I mean, he is, a, he is a regular listener. Yeah, I thought he might be. I don't, I don't want him to, you know, hit up Twitter or something. He actually he, he texted me just before this recording and he says, if I hear another person slag my films off, I'm not coming on as a guest. We, we actually... Um... 
after this podcast, we're recording an episode of our other podcast with him where he picks his dream starring 11 for the Scotland national team. So we'll see if he I has anything to say about you. No, <laughs> I wouldn't pick me in my dream starting 11, so don't worry. <laughs> to be fair, just to finish on Pierce Brosnan on a positive note, I did like the Thomas Crown affair. Not a Bond film, but I thought he was good in that. It was a bit of Bond in it, a bit of sort of intrigue, a bit of mystery. Yeah, a little bit, but there we go. Sorry, Pierce. Sorry, Pierce. Yeah. Like, obviously, yeah, have a go, Pierce. But nice to have a Timothy Dalton fan on as well, because I know both Fraser and I are big Timothy Dalton fans. We, we love him and his films. Totally underrated. Uh, just probably maybe because only did two. Mm. Yeah, there's always that thing, isn't there? You kind of, you always, in the back of your mind, wondering what, what the third Timothy Dalton film would have been like. Do you know, at, least, at least he knew when to stop. Unlike Sean, who came back for his last yeah. one, which was a big mistake. Yeah, should have ended yeah. where it ended. Yeah, although I think Timothy Dalton did want to do more, but then there was some like technical reason why you know there was delays and stuff. But then it's Brosnan. also like Pierce Brosnan was the reason. <laughs> but then also, I wonder if it's kind of on the flip side, like because if he had done a third one or a fourth one that weren't as good, maybe we, we would look back now and go, ah, maybe he wasn't so good. But it's because he just had a few. Happy with what we had. Yeah, yeah. The, mag- the magic that was created. Yeah, yeah. Not here for a long time, but here for a good time. Love yeah. It. He didn't get a chance to fuck it up, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, there's not really anywhere else to go when you have a milkman exploding milk bottles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've like, forgotten clearly, about that. He's clearly not an English dairy farmer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Actually, yeah, I totally forgot about that, but that was an that's absolutely madness. How did how did that guy pass as a milkman? And I didn't know that Walkman headphone lines were that strong that you could strangle something. Yeah, I remember mine were quite flimsy. Yeah, I bet he got the special ones because he was in the SES or whatever he was in. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Let's go with that, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Gemma, we are here to talk about or, or to give you the opportunity the chance to build mm. your own dream dream james bond film you've said the ones that you like the ones that you don't necessarily like that much but mm. here's your chance to to give yeah. it a go yourself so i know fiona i know fiona came on she did an episode so i actually listened to her episode mm-hmm. and then i texted her after because she stole lots of my people <laughs> not talking to her anymore and mine doesn't involve sharks because i'm not obsessed with them like her um, so I tell you, tell you what I have become obsessed with, and this plays into my like for me, Bond Bond is a man. That's how Fleming wrote the books, and I think that there's nothing wrong with strength, staying true to what an author does. So he he remains as a man, but there's some strong females within that, and I think that's fine. Sorry, the whining is my dog. <laughs> but the whining is uh, I've got a puppy called Bella. Everybody, so. Uh, I'm, I've given her a chew and now she wants more. It's not really working. But anyway, back to my um, my Bond. So, like, I would love if Tom Hardy could be Bond, but I don't think he can be. Um, but I'm currently obsessed with Grey's Anatomy because I've, I've never watched it originally. So I'm, like, binging back episodes of that. And I think Kevin McKidd. So Owen Hunt, Dr. Owen Hunt from Grey's Anatomy anatomy kevin mckid i think he would be a he would be a good bond i think so i've you know i've, I've never watched Grey's anatomy well i have watched Grey's anatomy uh, only in the sense that my girlfriend watched it or, or for a period especially during lockdown watched it like religiously 
So I don't know any of the plot lines or who any of the characters are, but describe to me. So Owen Hunt is like Owen Hunt, the doctor. Mm -hmm. Owen Hunt is an ex-army doctor. So he's an ex-military uh, doctor that comes back from uh, Afghanistan and he's now the head of trauma. So he's a bit, I mean, the easiest thing to do is just Google him. And you'll yeah, see what I'm doing. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, uh, he's Scottish, isn't he? Yeah, yes, yes. That was important. That was important to me. I think like Bond's Bond's initial roots were in Scotland, mm. and I think that. Um, so, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, people that are listening. If anybody asks, is going to listen to me. But, is that a, is that a dog or are you at the opera? Yeah, so, it's it's a dog. This is the tube. It does look like she's smoking a little pipe. Which <laughs> is like. A She's like a farmer with like a little bit of straw in her mouth or something like that. She does, she does. It's like uh if she was bald, perfect like villain pet, but she's not she's hairy and brown, so it doesn't really fit the category. So she's a hero pet. Oh yeah, she's a hero pet. Um so Kevin McKid, that's who I'm going for. Okay, cool. Right. Just after a little bit of uh, a quick Google there, as I say, because I hadn't seen a lot of Grey's Anatomy, I do realise it's um maybe also seen in train spotting as Tommy when his younger oh, days. Oh yeah, I should, I should have said that. But he yeah. doesn't look like that anymore. Doesn't look no. like Tommy anymore. No. So with, with it being Builder Bond and you can, you know, there's no rules or anything, you can have him at any age. Are you going for the, the train spotting age or the Grey's Anatomy? Probably going to leave the junkie age kind of picture alone and move more towards uh, the trauma doctor Grey's Anatomy. Okay, nice. Yeah, that's, that's probably where we're going with that. Personally, I've never, I've also never seen Grey's Anatomy, partly because, isn't it like 30 seasons of it or something? No, there's not 30 seasons. And I, to be fair, I understand this because I was like this as well. Okay. It's really good. It's well, this is what I'm worried about is that I'll start in season one and then... 18 seasons. And season one's not as long because it was like the pilot season. Yeah. And That's so intimidating though. It is, but see, by the time you're in season 10, you'll be like, what happened? How did I get here? It's four years later. <laughs> no, it's like four days later. <laughs> let's, let's not lie. Yeah, that's, that's much more honest. Yeah, it's one day later and I've just been watching Grey's Anatomy on repeat. I always find like medical drama is a bit like, or it can be sometimes like kind of repetitive and stuff like that, but I have heard Grey's Anatomy doesn't necessarily fit that mold so get casualty out your head it's great yeah, that's basically he's not charlie the casualty he's got <laughs> he's got a wee bit more like um adventure to him than that okay so what sort of bond is he is he going to be is he like a sort of uh, joking guy a bit more of a no slab, no no not jokey not jokey he's a little bit dark mm -hmm. a little bit dark and maybe if i build the other cast around him um so for me, M was a toss-up between three, and I, I think I know who I'm going for. Uh, it was going to be Fiona Shaw, nice. Ran Jones, or Maxine Peake. So that's a lineup. It is a lineup. I well, this this plays out in my bigger plot theme, so I have to go with Fiona Shaw for that reason, and it will become apparent. Sorry, who's Fiona Shaw playing? M. 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 Yeah, yeah. Now. She's like um awesome. Think, yeah, from, from Harry Potter and uh, the, the mum, is that right? The, the auntie, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. the aunt, sorry, like the, the Dursley mum, right? 
she's been in so many different things though. Um, I can't Killing even... Eve. Kill, yeah. Killing Eve is she's yeah. perfect to him, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Killing Eve, there you go. But she's yeah. been, there's, there's so many things that she's been in. She's just a phenomenal actress. Yeah. She's like a more she's like not Judy Dench, but she's like edgy. Yeah. Edgy Judy Dench. <laughs> she's got a really sort of cold sense of humor as well. Like her really you sort of you see how my Bond film's playing out a little bit here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My money penny, uh, my money penny is Michaela Cole. Excellent. I've been waiting for someone to pick Michaela Cole. And she, the money penny she plays is not your atypical money penny. Your money penny is she doesn't really give a shit about James Bond. Okay. So he he like he like works, but like she's not even acknowledging it. Good. But there will come a point in the film where there's a connection. Right. Not, not a physical one, but there's like an appreciation and a situation where they, they it becomes apparent that they are similar in a way. Okay. Well, that's like, you said at the start, like you weren't sure about your plotline, but it seems like you've got a pretty good idea about... Because I'm making it up to go along. We're <laughs> <laughs> getting the vibe so far. It's going to be like kind of maybe a bit dark, a bit like... Um... Well, I've been told, wait, wait till I tell you who my villain is. Uh, okay. I'm gonna so bring. I'm gonna bring the humor, though. I'm gonna bring it, and okay. my, my director will add a little bit into that as well. Excellent. Okay. okay. Cool. So where should we go next? Then do you want to tell us who your co-star is going to be? Like what is traditionally known as the Bond girl, but you can kind of go wherever and do whatever, whatever you want with it. So I am. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna kind of flip this a little bit, as in the co-star is not a Bond girl. The co-star is a henchman who Bond flips. Oh. Right? Nice. And the henchman is Cillian Murphy. Oh. Good shout. Cool. Okay. Good, good henchman. Good right. henchman character. So he's not really, he's a henchman, but not a henchman. He's a thinker. He's a thinkman. I like um, that idea because you don't, you, there's so often that the henchmen just don't get a second thought in the no. film and they're just sort of mindless, violent entities. So yeah. this is this has intrigued me. And then the villain is Tilda Swinton. She's a great nice. villain. I love it. Yeah, I love her. That's quite a good comic too. Like, like I guess obviously at the start of the henchman will still be like kind of the Tilda Swinton's henchman. That's a good combination. Those two together, that'd be pretty like intimidating. A couple yeah, of weird kind of looking characters. There's and there's a weird for me like there's a weird connection between them and you're not sure if it's a familiar connection or what but there is like their relationship is strange. Is this, this is Murphy and Swinton, yeah. Yeah, slightly twisted, and there's like a slightly like dominating, submissive element to it, which changes. So it's a bit twisty. Sort okay. of like uh, siblings are dating, sort of thing. Not really sure what's going on there. Maybe. Maybe, but not, no, I don't want my Bond to have siblings dating. Okay. <laughs> but there's an edge to their relationship and you're not sure what it is. So that's the intrigue. Uh, okay. Will cool. it be so revealed like... at some point though? Maybe. I told you I was working on my plot line. Maybe. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll get there by the end of the, the podcast. So when so, you say like your Bond turns Silly Murphy, is that like turns him in like a sexy way or turns him as in like turns him to the, the good side? No, I don't think it's going to be sexy. Okay. 
Uh, like, I'm not sure this will be the first gay love scene. I don't think that will happen. But I think there'll be Allah killing Eve, but not, you know, that kind of, it's like a, like a, like a sapiosexual vibe. Okay. So you know what I'm saying? It's not like a physical attraction. It's all chemistry. Yeah, there's a mental chemistry there, but nothing actually, we don't take that leap on screen. That's for the viewers to decide what, what is happening there. It's just kind of dark, dark bond. What's <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, too much overlooked? It's <laughs> <laughs> locked, locked down bond. I'm going to bring the humour now. I'm going to lighten it up. Okay. Well, let's let's stay on this for a minute, right? I, I want to. Um, Murphy and uh, McKid. Yeah. This this so it's a sort of Killing Eve vibe, a bit of a sort of back and forth. Will they? Won't they? Is there a is there a sexual connection there? But isn't there? But that doesn't play. That doesn't play like so. That doesn't play immediately in the film. Yeah. Then, then, then Tilda gets overlooked, and she's obviously the villain. Yeah. Um, crescendo. What sort of villain is she? Gonna, is she like a sort of megalomaniac, big scheme to take over the world, or is she like kind of what's her kind of vibe? She's a subtle megalomaniac. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of a contradiction in terms. She's not overly, she's not overly, she's not overly kind of, she, she lacks any sort of uh, emotional response. She's a psychopath. Cold kind of. That's kind of, but there is something there, so it's not completely devoid. Maybe this maybe. is coming from their connection with, with, with Kelly and Murphy. Maybe, the, maybe there's that connection is the thing that sort of sparks the badness in her or sparks the goodness in him it could that sounds great <laughs> write that write that down we'll, we'll do that and i can't then, remember what i said and okay. and maybe the emotional response that she has plays out in a weird way like she has an orchid that she has to prune yes <laughs> you know what i'm saying like, yeah like a weird like pick or something like some sort of thing so it's not a physical response not an emotional response but it's it's like deferred onto an object it's ob- she objectifies something. Yeah, and then there'll be a bit when, she, like, when Bond is about to to win, or when she finds out that Kelly Murphy's turned to the good side, she'll like take the orchid and she'll like rip it up and she'll go, she'll go mad. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Poor orchid. I know. Yeah. Did you? Was there like something you saw Tilda Swinton in, like a film that you really loved her and that inspired it, or just turned it up? Yeah, I, I can't remember names of all the films that I like um, but I just know that I like her as an actress I've seen her in so many things mm-hmm. that I like her as an actress Maxine Peake was going to be like like I, I think Maxine Peake's an awesome actress but Fiona Shaw because I'm going to tell you the connection soon oh god um, but yes so that's that's my villain henchman-y Bondy thing mm-hmm. right and Q. the orchid and the orchid Q yeah. Q, Q yeah, yeah let's go for Q Olivia Coleman. Nice. That's a good shout. It's not the first time we've had it. She can play like that bubbly, like character, you know? She can play, but she can be serious as well. Like she has like this, like this undertone that she can bring to it. But I think she needs needs to be in it because it's like pretty heavy hitting right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love as well, like, I think especially like maybe more so of like maybe like Americans and stuff who've seen like Olivia Coleman nowadays, which is like a very serious actor, does lots of like, I guess like 
crown and, and, and big performance and stuff then you know like british people who remember her from like peep show and like all these kind of like sitcoms and stuff it's so yeah. funny it's like that that's the same person i know it's mad yeah it's so mad to think that sophie from peep show has won an oscar a best actress oscar but then also she, she and, but she's still got like she still does so many like like good comedy stuff as well nowadays she's just, just like, funny yeah she's just a really good actor and a really funny performer as well like fleabag yeah. and fleabag and, yeah and the yeah, favorite that she was in yeah the favorite yeah yeah she was great in the favorite so that's what she won the oscar for wasn't it was the favorite yeah. i think so yeah strange film but good film uh, yeah, yeah i thought she was so good in that yeah i was tempted to go rachel vice for something but then i thought nah like your husband's already been born so I'm not gonna... <laughs> you can't have it all so are you having like olivia coleman doing it as like a comic relief kind of thing or <laughs> she's like playing it straight uh, i think that this we need a little bit of the comics yeah. Oh, so I think she'd probably be more of a bubbly, a bubbly cue. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the bubbly, the bubbly civil servant. Yeah, yeah. And probably kind of like got a husband called Bob at home or something. <laughs> yeah, definitely got like some cats at home and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. It's not really a, a, a version of cue that we've seen before. What? Because it's always got a, husband a bubbly one. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah no. so it's, it's always been quite a, there's always been the comic side of it, but it's always been a sort of, well, the first of all, Desmond Llewellyn was the kind of old guy that yeah. almost a, a bit of a weird uncle vibe from him. Yeah. And then Ben Wishaw took, took over. I'm not, as I've said before, I'm not the biggest fan of Ben Wishaw's character, but yeah, that he's the sort of young nerdy guy. This is, yeah. So Olivia Coleman in this, she's the bubbly one, but she's a freaking genius. Yeah. Yeah, and there'll she's be like, like there'll be moments in it when she just like she's talking about oh she's forgotten to take the chops out the freezer for dinner, <laughs> and then she just like lays on some amazing scientific magical thing that happens and I design this and it can save the world type thing. She's she's one of them. Yeah, you, know? you think she's like a sort of like scatterbrain kind of thing, but then a little bit, a little bit comes yeah. out with some like mad stuff, like some like big computer code or something. Awesome, like yeah. That. So good. I love Olivia Coleman. I think, I mean, like, I feel like you can't say she should be in more stuff because she's in, like, literally everything all the time. But you never get, like, I never bored of her. I always go and see stuff she's in. Yeah, and she's, her name always comes up on this podcast as well, and it's always welcome, whether it's in Q or M or but, another character. Or... That's what I was going to say. And what's interesting, and obviously what's a great tribute to her is she's probably one of the only people we have who, who someone's picked her for almost every role, like, most people that come up, and, and to be fair, we don't often get the same names coming up a lot. We have quite a lot of diversity, but her name comes up a lot in all sorts of different roles. And I think we've had her as Q before, M, had her as a villain before. Like, people mm. obviously think she could just play whatever. I think she can, though. Yeah, totally. Right. So, amazing. So, have you got any more cast? Have you got any have we got more cast to pick, or is that, is that us got the full? That, that's as far as I got. Okay. <laughs> so, should, should we go for. I mean that's to be fair, that's quite that's quite a lot. That's that's pretty good going. Should we go for director next? Yeah, so I have played out like the, the characters and the, the kind of that I've described and the actors that I've picked to play them, serious and all that kind of stuff. But it's a bond film, you know? This is not like some heavy hitting drama. Mm-hmm. No, there's gotta be action, there's gotta be like tension, there's gotta be, you know humor all that kind of stuff and i don't know you might say what 
but Guy Ritchie. And I'm what? sure you've met him before. <laughs> I love the Sherlock Holmes films he did. I, uh-huh. I could watch them on repeat. Uh, I love The Gentleman. Thought that was brilliant. Lock, stop, love. Um, and he was supposed to do one before, didn't he? Was that supposed to be a thing? There, yeah, that rings a bell, actually. There was maybe rumours, because I think he was married to Madonna at the time of Die Another Day. Yeah. So, so maybe a... I think, I actually think, and some people, like, as you said, well, I think that he could take that and make that good. Okay. Here's what I think. He can't. <laughs> Guy Ritchie's one of my least favourite directors. Oh, it's good it's my film and not yours then. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, I, I, find like this, I find this style really, it's like it's like a, a fif- if a 15-year-old boy was to make a film, it would be every Guy Ritchie film. No, I, I disagree. I, I would say... I like this style. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm a, a garage fan necessarily, and I would go out of my way to watch his films. But I, I don't think I can say I've like, having said, I'm not saying a lot of his films, but I wouldn't say I haven't enjoyed any of them. They're always enjoyable, and sort of a part about Bond is that it is a 15 year old making a film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. If there is, if there is a film franchise that a 15 year old would make, it would be James Bond. To be fair. Yeah. That's yeah, that's a fair point. Can I can I just say this, and this is not because you say, oh, I don't like him, all of that. Like he's he's like not my favorite director. That's not what I'm saying here. Mm. I'm saying I've got a heavy cast. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I have to stay true to Bond, and by staying true to Bond, you need a little bit of a director that can play up to that and bring these guys to that place. And I think that look, I think he could do that. Okay, a good balance of like a big blockbuster film with a big budget. It's got the action and stuff like thinking of Sherlock Holmes it has the action and everything, but it still has a kind of kind of British humor to it and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, it is, it is very British. Yeah, his stuff's very British. Yeah. I'd say yeah, the Sherlock Holmes films they're they're not my I don't hate them, uh, and I don't yeah. Do you know what? I, I don't hate any of his films to be honest. Backtracking much? <laughs> I'm trying to get myself out of this hole. Um, <laughs> I'd, but I, I don't I don't love any of them either. I don't I've seen them I've seen them. I don't know if I would want to see them again. But yeah, but imagine this: you always want to see a Bond again, don't you? And yeah. I'm not sure that like, other well, other than like Quantum Solace, which was rubbish. Hmm. Uh, Spectre wasn't much good either. But you'd still probably watch them again, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, you'd feel obliged. Yeah, even though maybe the, even ones I don't enjoy, I've, I've ended up watching again. And if it's on. Like on like ITV eight or something. Yeah, you end up watching it. Or usually on a Sunday or Saturday afternoon. And I've got other stuff to do. I don't watch that. (laughs) So now that I've dropped that bombshell. Okay. Yeah. Did did Guy Ritchie direct? Was it the Man from Uncle or something like that? A few years ago. That was kind of Bondy, wasn't it? That was. Yeah. 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 That was kind of what made Henry Cavill. That's what everybody looked at Henry Cavill after that and said, "Oh, he's going to be the next Bond, isn't he?" Yeah, so he's, he's got and he's got a new spy, uh, it's an American spy film coming out next year, it's like Operation Fortune, I think. He's just like desperately bidding to try and get the Bond gig. <laughs> just yeah. all these, like spy, or do you think he's like fed up because he didn't, he didn't get it that time? So he's like, well, I'm going to go make my own spy film. I mean, to be fair, he couldn't have done any worse than Lee Tamahori and Die Another Day. Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, okay. I don't love the pick, Gemma. I'm sorry. 
I'm not here to please. You're not here to please. Yeah, fair point. It's true. It's your film. It's your fantasy. Uh, I do get as well what you, what you were saying about it. Because I think sometimes, especially more recently, the Bond films have reveled in how dark and how kind of gritty they've been to the expense, uh, you know, to the loss of the fact that sometimes the kind of humour, the more fun side of things has been missing. So it's mm. nice to try and balance that off with the director. He did yeah. that Robin Hood film, didn't he? Did a, a version yeah, we of Robin won't Hood. talk about that, though. <laughs> <laughs> was that the one? What was the film he did? That's more to do with Thingy's accent, though. Yeah, Taron Egerton. Yeah. Egerton. Uh... No, it wasn't Robin Hood. I lie, it was King Arthur. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he did the Robin Hood one as well, though, with Taron Edgerton, Jamie Foxx. I don't remember that. Was there one I, that you I, recently... I watched, I watched the Robin Hood one. It's not brilliant. Yeah. But King Arthur is even worse. Yeah. Was that the one that had David Beckham in it? <laughs> Am I right no, in I... saying one of his films no. had David Beckham in it? Like a little cameo? No, I think you're thinking about... Um... What's the one with the dragon? Oh, no, you're right. You're right. Sorry. I'm going to definitely Google this now. Was he really? Yeah, he was in it. Oh, I was thinking it was in a... What was that big, massive thing with dragons? Game of Thrones? That's the one. I thought he was in that. Was he? Ed Sheeran was in it. Ed Sheeran, yeah. I can't see him on this. I'm sure he probably played a stormtrooper in Star Wars as well. David Beckham played Trigger in uh, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. I don't know about you, Gemma. I just think, you know, when a, when a footballer goes off and does acting, I just, you know, I, I'm not sure about that. What they playing at? Bit parts as well, eh? I mean, it's different if they go off on, I don't know, maybe audition and get a lead role and all the famous actors are the ones that are playing, you know, they're supporting. But I wouldn't know anything about that. No. I, was, I suppose that's a nice little uh, transition to ask you, Gemma, a little bit about your, your acting career and your time on the silver screen. <laughs> This makes me laugh when people say career because it implies I did more than one thing. <laughs> How did that come oh. about? What, what, what was the kind of story behind that? Uh, really simple story. Uh, the casting director put out a... Uh, sorry, my dog is getting every squeaky toy that they can possibly find. <laughs> <laughs> and I think she's doing it on purpose as well because she's getting no attention whatsoever. Um, yeah, so the casting director... The casting director basically sent out a casting note to the SFA and they just pinged it around everybody and I responded to it and they, they were like, yeah, can you come for audition? And then I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. And they were like, oh, we'd really like you to come for audition. So I went for an audition in Edinburgh and I walked in and you know, like when you watch it in the movies or TV or whatever, and uh, you see all these people like reciting lines and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. in a hall before they go in. That's what it's mm-hmm. like. <laughs> like that's real um and i was i had just come from training so literally was in a track suit my hair was wet because i've just had a shower i hadn't really even learned the lines properly and i was like oh so i was went up says i'm probably just gonna leave you're like no 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 it's your turn to go up so i went up and it was in this little um i don't know it's tiny office and they were like on you go and it's like well, i haven't really learned the lines i'm like well just improvise, very actory. So I did, and then they called me and said, we'd like you to come and do a workshop. And I did, and it was with uh, talking to Game of Thrones. The, what was the guy, the beast? The beast? The, oh, Rory something. It was with him. Oh, cool. So I worked, I worked a workshop with him, and it was very actory. 
Um, and then they showed the tapes to Sky and Sky were like, yeah. And so we made, the, it was it was a pilot. It was like a, it was called Drama Matters and there was like four different shows or something they piloted and one it had like, one had Saran Jones in it, one had Anna Frail in it, one had somebody else and one had me. <laughs> well, my claim to fame is we got a five-star review from Heat Magazine, so boom. Brilliant. They are notoriously down on everything as well. And I, uh, I actually got got a call because they were doing a, they were like launching this drama matters thing, um, and I got a call to go down to London. But I was in Faroe Islands at the time I was playing, and I later spoke to one of the the women that was there, like anybody who was everybody was there, like Naomi Campbell, like just like like not Z, not not Z lists, and I was like. But it turns out that the woman that commissioned the whole thing left Sky, so then nothing happened. Oh. I know. Oh, I was. If if anybody wants to know, I'm signed up to do two seasons of the show if it ever happens. <laughs> I'm a bit too old for it now, but I'm still contractually obliged. Well, there you go. That's would you ever? Cool. Would you? Would you do more acting? I would. It's fun. It's great fun. Uh, however, it's extraordinarily tiring, and if you're not like, not like trained, I'm not trained, obviously. Um, there's a lot to learn and also like if I was an actor and I'd been like to you know acting school and everything and, and this person comes in that like has done nothing and takes, takes a role like I have I wouldn't probably be too happy <laughs> well, but, but hey no. dog eat dog isn't it yeah that's true that's the industry isn't it yeah that's what that's what Bella thinks anyway <laughs> yeah she probably would eat a dog she's savage that's cool that's brilliant it's uh for anybody that thinks like Bella's tiny She's not. <laughs> we will post a picture of Bella on our social medias just to reassure anyone that thinks that she would actually eat a dog. No, you wouldn't eat a dog, would you? No, she said no. Now, where were we with your Bond film anyway, Gemma, before we... Uh, I, haven't slightly... given you, I haven't given you my theme tune. Yes, no, it's okay. Um, you mentioned that you were... You had, a few, you had one of them on vinyl, you were a bit of a fan of... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is that uh-huh. your favourite? Have you got other... A favourite Bond? A favourite Bond yeah. theme song? Oh, that's... I like Goldeneye because I like Tina Turner. Nice. Goldeneye. Yes. That one. That's good. Uh, Skyfall. Awesome. Love it. Um, Die Another Day. Not awesome. Great answer. Glad you said that. Yeah. Uh, Gladys Knight. If you took kill. Fab. Mm. Uh, gotta love Goldfinger. Yeah. I can't remember Dr. No, but I can remember the Three Blind Mice song in it. That's yeah. right, yeah. That's a strange thing to have happened in a Bond film, isn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> happened now. Um, for Your Eyes Only. Amazing. You know, Easton. Yeah, For Your Eyes yeah. Only. You're listening a lot about the big ballad like, you know. Yeah. So you see where this is going? I'm seeing kind of where you're going, yeah. There's, there's yeah. definitely a theme. Gonna, you ain't going to get no funky... For me, that's not happening. <laughs> so uh-huh. Guy Ritchie's not getting his ex-wife in, is it? Bond is ballad. Okay. That's. I think that's just what it should should be. What do you think of Billie Eilish then? Uh. Mm. Don't love it. I yeah. I think Billie Eilish is very clever, and her brother Phineas. I think that's a great name. Phineas uh, Eilish. That's his name, Phineas. Is it? Yeah. Somebody might correct yeah. me. I think it's Phineas. No, that's right, Phineas. Yeah. He like writes for her. Mm. Uh, and she's so young and the music they do is good mm. I don't think it's Bond and this this plays to my point that sometimes we're trying to get too far away from what Bond is 
like there's there's like bond is bond and there's certain things that come with bond and like an earth shattering ballad is one of those nice yeah i think it seems like i, I do get it and you've got to keep it relevant and you've got to keep bond up to date and 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 you know we we, we went as kids but what kids like nowadays is not the same as what you know kids like when we were younger but i agree that there are certain fundamentals that, that you know you have to keep and you have to uh, stick by I like the ballads. I'm also pretty open to, I mean, I like all the Bond themes, honest, to be honest, apart from Die Another Day. So, you know, I love the ballads. I like the more poppy stuff, like the rock songs. I'm, I'm pretty easy to please when it comes to Bond theme songs. Okay. So, Do you want to hear my shortlist? Yeah, let's hear the yeah, shortlist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lady Gaga. Nice. Yeah. She's got an amazing range. Yeah. Yeah. Lady Gaga now, like when she's now, she's a much more sort of all yeah, performer. Not, not, not poppy Lady Gaga. Not like poker face. No, 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 no. None of that. Um, Annie Lennox, but I know she's taken. But you, you can take her again if you like. No, I don't think that's fair. Okay. Uh, Pink, because she has got a booming voice. Mm-hmm. Here's, a, here's a bit of an interesting one. Nina Simone, because I love Nina Simone. Nice. I, yeah, okay. Any more? The one that I think I'm going to go for is Florence Welch from Florence and Machine. Yes. That's who, that's who I think I'm going for. Uh, that's a good list, actually. That's a pretty strong list, short list. Yeah. Mm. I would say the one that stands out for me there in a bad way is, is Pink. I'm not a really massive Pink fan. Uh, I am, but she's a strong, like, voice. Let's have a good voice, to be fair. Yeah, purely on the voice. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a big fan of her songs, but I can't deny. She's got a cracking set of lungs. I love Florence. Florence mm. Wel- Welch? 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 I can't remember Welch. Welch. Welsh. But, um, I think it's Welsh. Cool. That's yeah. why she just called the machine. She That's why she went for the machine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So is it just Florence or is the machine doing it as well? Well, she is the machine. The machine is the band, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's her. It's her and her pipes. She is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good shout. Yeah. I, I think that's a great shout for, for a theme tune. I'd love to hear her sing one. And she um, has like a, a big ballad voice, as you say, but it's quite distinctive as well. It's not like you know you hear mm. it, you know straight away exactly who it is. It's such a sort of iconic Ed, voice. Edgy ballad. It's quite it's haunting. An, it, it isn't, it's haunting. It's ed, edgy ballad is good. What did you say before about uh, who was it? Edgy Judy Dench. Going to show. Yeah, it's edgy. <laughs> yeah. Judy Dench. Um, edgy ballads. Just go back to your short list. I would always under all circumstances back Nina Simone I think that's the best we've had it before actually as a pick and uh, it's, I think it's the best pick we've ever had see the reason I didn't is I don't know if you've noticed I have got a British theme going on here okay no I didn't notice actually so pretty much everybody's British so they are Silly Murphy Irish I think uh, it, within the vicinity close enough <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah, he, can, he, can, he can do it in his Piggy Blinders accent. That's British. There you go. Yeah. Amazing. Cool. That, that makes sense then. Yeah, keep it uh, keep it traditional. Keep it British. Sounds good. What we're on to next is what we call the AOBs, the Any Other Bonds. This is like where you can just go wild. Anything that we've not covered yet that you want to add in, plot lines, locations, gadgets, anything like that, you can go for it now. You should probably give like do a plot. That would be <laughs> maybe handy. Yeah, we've, we've, got, we've, got, we've got clues, really, haven't we, of how the plot's going to play out. Yeah. Do you know what, do you know what the, big, the big, like, thing is in this, right? No, but I'm sure you're going to tell us. There's a link between Fiona Shaw and Tilda Swinton. 
Oh, a link. Now, the link being that Fiona Shaw was obviously previously a double O. Mm -hmm. Obviously. At some point was held in captivity and Tilda is her daughter. What? Yeah. Wait, how did we get from captivity to daughter? I'm not going to spell that bit out. Yeah, that is, yeah. Fill those lines in yourself. I think. Yeah, cricky. That's, that, that is dark. Very dark. Does Tilda know that Fiona's her mum? She knows, but Fiona doesn't know that Tilda's her daughter. God. Oh, that is, yeah, that's full on. Is that kind of what makes Tilda kind of evil? She's like... Remember I told, told you, right, that she doesn't show emotion... Or connection but she objectifies things yeah. yeah so the objectifying of the thing is her objectifying her mother so the orchid is her mother so when she crunches the orchid and kills it she's killing him it's oh it's God. symbolic boom jesus i'm just about crying here that's bloody hell uh, that's one okay. of the that's like that's like one of the most emotional plot lines we've ever had most of the people <laughs> should be like right? do you need a moment yeah, mostly it's just like, oh, and then at some point he jumps off a cliff and lands on like a speedboat. So everything in the plot that Tilda does is about destroying everything that Fiona Shaw holds as precious. And she holds Britain, she holds security, and she holds uh, democracy, and she holds all of those things precious and is what she spent her life defending. Mm. And, she, and also there's always like... Is that that dynamic, especially with like the Judy Dench one? So it's a kind of like a mother-daughter relationship with Bond, which is gonna really annoy Tilda Spin, obviously, because she's like, Well, I'm the real daughter, and Bond's getting treated like Bond's in my place, kind of thing. Yeah. So the plot is that everything that she does is is subtly undermining democracy, it's it's undermining security, it's twisting tradition, it's all these kinds of things to create disorder. And what Fiona Shaw likes is M is order. If you, yeah, so Fiona, Fiona's going to have this guilt as well. So she's always going to have that sort of background of the guilt of giving away her daughter or, or whatever happened. At, at she had no uh, idea what happened to her. Yeah. She, didn't, she didn't know it was a girl. She didn't know anything about it. It was just taken away at birth. She knew that she had it. You shouldn't have said this on this podcast because that's a genuinely amazing film plotline that, <laughs> <laughs> that you should have copyrighted and, and submitted first. I genuinely love that. That's a, a good story. Hard hitting, but kind of bondy. Brilliant. I think it, it feels quite Christopher Nolan y rather than Guy Ritchie, but you know. No, we can debate it. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. that's, that's, that's essentially the plot, and the things that happen around it are about that disorder. And I did kind of go down a little bit of a rabbit hole with like part of keeping order is technology. Technology goes black, and then Bond has to go back to his roots, and he's Scottish, and something happens in the Scottish Highlands. And But then it kind of got a wee bit macgyver so I reeled it in a little bit. Credit where credit is due. You've absolutely put your heart and soul into this film. Sounds like a great cast. Sounds like a great plot. Fraser, would you do the honour of summarising the film for us? Yeah. <laughs> Let me read this back to you then. Okay. And I'd just like to start by saying... You lost me a bit at Guy Ritchie. I know, I know. But, and pun very much intended, good save. Way. <clears throat> we'll just give that a minute for the audience to stop laughing. Yeah. yeah. Take yeah. a uh, Okay, right. Gemma Faye, your Bond movie stars Kevin McKidd as James Bond. Mm-hmm. Your co-star is Killian Murphy, or Cillian Murphy, I don't know how he pronounces it. Uh, your villain is played by Tilda Swinton. She has a 
pet orchid, which has a bit of a rough time of it, if we're honest. Okay. Your... <laughs> you carry on. Carry on. Your M is played by Fiona Shaw. Moneypenny is played by Michaela Cole. Yeah. Q is Olivia Coleman. The film is going to be directed by Guy Ritchie. Yep. The theme song will be sung by Florence Welsh. Yep. There's a, a really intriguing plot about the fact that Fiona Shaw's M was held in captivity many years ago when she was a double agent. She had a baby. That baby grew up to be Tilda Swinton's villain. Yep. Uh, Tilda knows this, but Fiona does not. Correct. Tilda wants to destroy everything that Fiona holds precious, including James Bond himself. That sounds, sound good? Yeah. The last question, now that we've run through all that, is to ask you, Gemma, what would you call your Bond film? Uh, I would call it something along the lines of Born to Die. Born to Die. Born to that's die. a good, that's interesting because of the whole plot line. Yeah, or Born to Kill, one of the two. Born to something. Is it maybe a bit of a spoiler? Is that? No. Would you start you're making... You're going to think that. Okay. Only, I sort of thought normally at this point, I'll be honest with you, Gemma, is we, we think of like funny pun names <laughs> yeah. for, for your film, like ripping off some like kind of old Bond film. I, I'm going to be honest, I don't think that's the right vibe for your film. It doesn't seem like a super punny, kind of fun, funny type one. So the only thing I've come up with, which is kind of a play on a previous Bond film, but it's a little bit more hard hitting, and that is you could call it Orchid of Solace. You could, but I hate Quantum Solace as a film, so I think that. <laughs> That's fair, yeah, yeah. I prefer Born yeah, to Die, to be fair. I have stuck with the Orchid theme as well. I've gone, and it's probably a bit... Orchid forever. <laughs> yeah. I've gone for... Someone, <laughs> someone didn't like that one well. <laughs> I've gone for Orchid Pussy. Yes, you, you could do that. Um, I'm a bit concerned, Fraser, because you've called it a pet orchid. Is it not? Uh, I don't know if a plant can be a pet. Gemma, it's up to you. It's your film. It's your script. You can call it Born to Kill or Born to Die or Orchid Pussy. Let's let's. Do you know what? Or I mean, it's a slightly suggestive title. Yeah. But it's better when you're going to episode thirty-two of the Boncast to clip on Orchid <laughs> Pussy. <laughs> so we're literally naming this because of clickbait okay yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> okay but i mean i, I want to be number one on search engine optimization when you hit into google orchid pussy i, I want us to be up there brilliant well, well Gemma, thank you so much for coming on and building your bond it's been it's dark. been quite dark. it's quite dark yeah it's quite it's taken quite a lot out of me i didn't actually mean for it to go that way uh, it's just the vibe I was getting off you to. You were, you were leading me down a path, <laughs> dark and twisted path. We are pretty sinister guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, we need to, to sit in a darkened room. Well, there we have it. The dream 007 movie of Gemma Faye. Back of the net. <laughs> well, not back of the net if Gemma Faye has maintained 32 clean sheets throughout her career. Has she? I think so, yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's impressive. Thank great you. goalkeeper and what a great guest as well. So lovely, really funny, lovely picks. Big Bond fan and also a little bit of an edge to her as well. 
Yeah, real real darkness to Gemma. I think there's a, yeah, she's a bit of a dark sense of humour. I feel like that's probably true of a lot of sports people. You've got to have that edge to you, don't you, to be as successful as she's been. Yeah, like, like Bond himself, he plays a lot of sports. He does play a lot of sports, but how many, Fraser? How many? Well, okay, I've got 10 here. Okay. And some of them might be wrong, so we'll, we'll, I mean, this is kind of open to your interpretation you the viewer can you know send us hate mail you can do whatever troll us if we get these wrong but uh, yeah. i've got i've certainly got 10 okay well I, I had nine that i thought of so no doubt there'll be some obvious crossovers but we might yeah. be able to get, get above 10 yeah okay right first up i've got and from russia and this is this might not you might not be too keen on this one but and from okay. russia with love i think <laughs> he plays I think he plays chess. No? No. I'm not kidding. It's sports. Chess is not a sport. It's a sport. sport I thought you were going to say gypsy wrestling. <laughs> is that a commercial? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's made me think of another one, actually. Okay. So that's a no for chess, I'm going to say. Sorry, chess fans. Okay. So I lost one there, but I'm back up to 10 with that one that I've just remembered. Okay. Horse racing in A View to a Kill. Yep. Next, Maybe I've one. got... Unsure uh, about that. Bobsled on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Uh, does he also do ski slalom in Her Majesty's Secret Service? Yes, I think so. He does lots of skiing. I mean, skiing is an obvious one. I think that's, yeah. a, that's a tick. Cause it's, that's okay, yeah. Exciting. So maybe I'll take the slalom, but uh, just skiing. Just skiing is fine. Yeah, that's, that's good. Uh, one of my favourites is golf and Goldfinger. Yeah, of course. Uh, I don't know if Bond again. I don't know if Bond does this, but there's it certainly appears in the film. But and for your eyes only, I'm sure there's speed skating. Yeah, or it's like um, there's speed skating, and there's also like um, figure skating as well. Uh, Casino Royale parkour, of course. Yeah, yeah. And you might not count this one either, but Goldeneye bungee jumping. Yeah, I guess we can count that. That's sport, is it? I guess. Yeah, along those same lines, in Moonraker skydiving. Skydiving if you don't have a parachute, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, good point, yeah. <laughs> okay, skydiving, yeah, that's cool. Then another in A View to a Kill, clay pigeon shooting, but it isn't clay pigeons, it's like real pheasants or something, it's actual... No, remember, you know, when he, they're doing clay, clay pigeon shooting and he he goes, oh, you've got such a bad shot, and then he's like... Oh, and he, 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 he hits <laughs> the guy in the tree, yeah. yeah. It's like, did I? Or like, it's like, you, you missed or something, I can't remember what the line is, but it's the classic clip. Uh, and the last one I've got is sumo wrestling from the man with the golden gun. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sumo wrestling. The only one I had, uh, I had a few other ones. Also from the man with the golden gun, he does karate as well at one point. Oh yeah. Does he, do, does he do kendo as well with the stick? Oh yeah, I think he does not in that. That's in, in something else. Moonraker, perhaps. Yeah. I think he does do kendo, yeah. The only other ones I got, let me just check my list. Oh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. As well as the bobsled racing, he also does curling with the girls. Oh, does he? Yeah, yeah, a bit of curling, snowboarding, of course, as well. Um, and die another day does surfing. Oh, it does do surfing. Yeah, die another day, of course. You missed fencing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Great I scene. Think... That's one of the best scenes in that film. Yeah, really good. I think that's all the other ones I had, to be honest. Um, if you had more, and I'm totally confident there'll be loads more that we've missed, please just let us know. Build a bond, 007. That's on Twitter, that's on Instagram. Please drop us a message. All you sports fans out there. Absolutely. And for you sports fans who want to follow a new sports person, follow Gemma Faye as well. Link in our bio for uh, seeing more Gemma Faye. And if you want to listen to more of us, 
Talk to you then next week.